Due to the new community guidelines of Instagram and TikTok, our handle had to change. We are no longer Sex News with Ray on Instagram. We are now News with Ray on Instagram. So if you saw any changes to social media or can't find us, that's why. Follow us there if you haven't yet. This podcast is sponsored by Oasis Aqua Lounge. Join our online community of sex-positive swingers and individuals looking to make connections while we are all stuck at home. We host events seven days a week and have hundreds of active members to meet and mingle with. Head to members.oasisaqualounge.com to join the party today. Hello and welcome to Sex News with Ray. I'm your host, Ray, and today we're joined by the lovely, as she says on her own podcast, Lady Pym, professional dominatrix and host of the Bedpost podcast. Lady Pym, say hello. Hi, how are you, Ray? Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's nice to be here on uh, on Zoom with you. Yeah, nice to see your face virtually, of course. Yep. <laughs> All right, today in sex news, actually, uh, I shouldn't say today in sex news because we're actually going to spend the next six episodes talking about sex work and a lot of the conversations in the media around sex work, specifically in the news. Lady Pim, since this is your first episode with us, I'm just going to let you know I'll start by summarizing today's news, and we're going to talk about all the things that surround this article that interest us. So if you have a thought while I'm summarizing, you can totally share it with the group, or you can wait till I'm done summarizing. Just let me know. Lovely. Sounds great. Today's article is called, Who Are We Talking About When We Talk About Prostitution and Sex Work? And the source for this is The Conversation, which is a website that I absolutely love. We've had a few articles from them in the past, and they try their best to be unbiased. It's from January 14th, 2018. And this article goes into the discussion around the language of prostitution, sex work, trafficking, and literally all the words that we see journalists use, as well as the language that we're using casually. It talks a little bit about how prostitution is illegal in Canada. A criminal offense occurs every time sexual services are exchanged for compensation, but it doesn't go into it in great detail, and we will get into that in a later episode. (laughs) Oh, yes, we will. Oh, yeah. These laws are consistent with many countries in the European Union, or the past European Union, and follows what's called the Nordic model. And it basically criminalizes the purchase of sexual services in an effort to end the practice of prostitution as a whole in itself. So one quote from the article is, is prostitution itself harmful and exploitative or is sex work a legitimate form of labor that people should be permitted to safely engage in as a matter of personal choice? And then it goes into some definitions. So prostitution is an activity. Some people see this activity as harmful. And the quote is the exchange of sexual services of one person in return for payment by another. That is prostitution's definition. It then talks about sex work being used to describe prostitution when engaged in by adults that are not being coerced or trafficked. And advocates argue that this choice is made safer by decriminalizing all aspects of adult prostitution. It talks about how the term sex work was first used in a conscious effort to recast people selling sexual services as workers and not necessarily just exploited. In the 1970s, the sex workers' rights movement began to reconstruct the problems associated with prostitution. The focus shifted from the activity itself to the individual rights of those who engaged in the activity. Prostitution was reframed as sex work and prostitutes as sex workers. Like the general public, courts are increasingly using the term sex work in deference to the perceived preference of those who identify as sex workers and or to recognize sex work as legitimate work. However, no Canadian court has to date defined the term and it's used interchangeably legally with prostitution. And then it sort of says sex workers by this definition are not trafficked. So a few other points to just from the article are some people describe the activity of prostitution itself as a form of violence against women. The main issue with sex work in Canada is stigma and 
how it's stigmatized and so criminal law and enforcement of it and how that contributes to stigma. And the article asks, should policy be generated on the basis of the rights of sex workers alone or should the interests of everyone who engages in or is affected by prostitution be taken into account? And in this case, I think referring to the trafficking versus prostitution versus sex work debate. And then it talks about when we talk about sex work, we are increasingly talking about the interests and experiences of the least vulnerable subset of prostitution participants, which is consenting adults who have not been trafficked. And is it possible to construct a legislative response that addresses the problems of both prostitution and sex work? Lady Pym, before we get into some conversation around this article, are you an expert in sex work? What are you bringing to the table here for our discussions? I am bringing to the table experience in the field, if you will. I am a sex worker and I've been doing sex work for a number of years. And while I don't like to consider myself an authority on any particular thing, because everybody, I feel like everyone's in a process and everyone can learn something, even about their specialized craft. I feel like I bring like a tactile kind of a perspective to this conversation, because this is something that I am doing on the regular, on the daily. I love that we have these two perspectives of like this research perspective from you and then this like lived experience from me. Yeah. Plus you talk to so many more other kinds of sex workers in your day-to-day life just because if that's your industry, you're going to know other industry professionals. I most certainly do. Yeah. I have, I'm, I'm a prominent person, like very open and visible person, I'll say in the sex work community, in the sex positive community as a whole. You did mention that I have my own podcast podcast. Uh, It is sex and sexuality related as well. So over the five years plus that I've been doing that podcast, I've interviewed so, so many different types of sex workers from all sorts of different walks of life. So both from there and then my actual experience as a sex worker, working with other sex workers, doing other types of sex work, being like resourceful with each other in the community in general. That's a general idea of like, how in touch with these topics I am. Just to clarify for our listeners, you are not being trafficked? Correct. (laughs) Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. You are a consenting adult engaging in sex work? Okay. You are not trafficking yourself? Uh, I'm not, no. (laughs) I'm being a little judgy about that word right now, and I will get into that as well in also more episodes because uh, it's an interesting conversation. But uh, okay, so as a sex worker... How do you define sex work, trafficking, and prostitution? Those three main words that were brought up in the article. Yeah. Trafficking is non-consensual. That's the biggest difference. It's non-consensual, and a lot of times it does include minors, whereas sex work, uh, like you, you just asked me, it's consensual adults doing a job. <laughs> right. And then prostitution for me, I mean, I like that you kind of differentiated with this article, when I hear prostitution, I feel like that is the most dated word in the world. And the only place that, you know, it's seen is kind of in a legal context. Though I love to hear that they are even legal documents are changing and using sex worker rather than prostitute um, and sex work rather than prostitution. But when I hear prostitute, I, I it's a little cringe for me. But also, I mean, I guess the difference between sex worker and prostitute is like prostitute, it's inferring full service sex worker, which is the term we use currently. Like that's that's the up to date term, full service sex worker. And that's what they mean when they say prostitute. That's what I understand. So I'm looking to hire a prostitute and I'm putting my Google terms, my Google search engine terms, 
buy prostitute now, oh, you're not God. necessarily going to find, right. That's not exactly <laughs> how we're going to find people right now. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I would want to Google local full service sex worker. There you go. Yeah. Toronto sex workers, Toronto full service sex workers. Yeah. Okay, great. And if I were going to have a casual conversation with my friends about this full service sex worker that I'm hiring to meet all of my needs, yes. I would say that. Right. Okay. Provider is a lovely, sex work provider is a lovely um, term that a lot of people like to adopt. But oh, that's good. Provider. So SP in it for short is used a lot in the sex work community, meaning sex, like sex work provider. Right. So this is putting you guys more into the same mental category as a medical care provider, a, you know, a healthcare practitioner, like the idea being that you're servicing a need that is a physical need or even a mental need or, but it is a service industry yeah. as opposed to... You know, I, I want to picture in my mind like a nice clean spa and a woman filing my toenails as opposed to a person on the street who's like, I need drugs. I'll blow you, which is, yep. I think, the stereotype that's associated maybe more with prostitution and trafficking and all those things. Definitely. Would we want to use prostitution in one context and not another? Or should we just avoid it? All, like, what would be a context where that word could be used? Or should we just be avoiding it altogether? I think at this point, like it's tw almost 2021, I think we got to throw out that dated ass word. <laughs> Like, okay. That's a word from the Bible, man. Like, why are we still using it? When we're translating the Bible, we can say prostitution. <laughs> but then when we ca talk about the Bible casually, we're going to talk about that full service sex worker that we referenced in the Bible. See, I would love that. <laughs> As a sex worker, I would love that. <laughs> Fantastic. So then I guess my question is, and I'm going to use the word prostitution here just specifically for this question, because full oh, yeah. service sex work and sex work is one of the words associated now with prostitution. But like, what are the other casual words that we use to refer to people when when what we mean is sex worker or prostitute in maybe a derogatory way or even a non-derogatory way? Yeah, it's really all the from in context of who's using the word, right? So like if a sex worker wants to call themselves a hooker, then obviously go right ahead and do that. But like if I heard somebody, a civvy, as we say, a non-sex worker, you know, a make, civvy make, short for civilian. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Um, making, you know, a dead hooker joke, then that context is not okay to me. Right. Right. So it's all about context and the intention. I believe. I don't think people know this, but the word ho used to be a reference to sex workers. Now people use it to mean the same thing as slut, I believe. Correct. But when people say ho, like the original definition of ho was you're a prostitute you're a, or you're a sex worker. Yeah. Ho, ho is a short form for whore, but ho also has like racial implications. Like it's, it's kind of AAVE um, right now. So can you define AAVE? I believe it's African-American vernacular English. Thank you. Okay. Or something very similar to that. But anyway, it's not a word for white people. <laughs> and, you know, some white sex workers do use that word. And I'm always cringy. And I usually do try to be like, hey, just so you know, that word is not really yours. So it does have that slant to it. But I mean, even like horror, like any of those words, if that's how you identify and you want to use those words as a sex worker, then by all means, go for it. But, uh, you know, white, white providers using the word ho is always cringy to me, for sure. Well, I, as someone who used to work for a Jewish youth group, I heard a lot of the teenage girls who were 14, 15 referring to themselves as hoes. And I was like, do you know where that word comes from? Because I don't think you understand where that word comes from. And also, you're not a hoe. Oh, you gave one hang job to one guy one time. Wow. What a hoe. But did he pay for it? 
Yeah, that's the real question. Because then, by definition... Maybe. <laughs> we had the same thought at the same time. <laughs> Love it. Great minds. Okay, but then there's there's a lot of other words that are... I'm going to say I'm now going to switch to sex work because the conversation is migrating there and I'm no longer going to say prostitution unless yeah. there's a legal word that I'm saying according to an article. But there's a lot of other words associated with sex work like camming, sugaring like sugar babying, doming. Yeah. I know that some sugar babies say that they're not sex workers. I just flagrantly disagree with that because you're exchanging sexual services in exchange for maybe not full monetary compensation, but they're paying for your things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there are all these tech, a little like subsets of sex work, right? Like there are lots of different types of way to what types of ways to provide sex work. So these are like all the all the different ways, like phone sex operator is another, you know, working in a massage place um, is another one. Like there's loads of types of sex. Not work. an RMT, like a massage parlor with happy endings. Is that more? You got it. Or body slides or like, you know, there are a lot of different types of sex worker masseuses as as well. Yes. Just wanted to clarify so that when someone goes to their chiropractic clinic and orders a massage, they're not expecting something different. <laughs> and they're not just like openly calling them a sex worker to the face. <laughs> the RMT is like, oh, I think. Well, um... well, I actually know for a fact that if you have you have, if you're a registered massage therapist and they associate yep. you with you anyway in sex work, you'll have your registration revoked because of the sex negative world we live in. Yeah. Because because they're a real massage therapist, not those sex worker illegal people. Um, stripping is another form of sex work, correct? Oh, hey, yep, there you go. I mean, when you talk about like what is sex work and what is not, you brought up sugaring, for instance, sugar babying. I feel like I'm not a sugar baby, nor have I ever, ever engaged in that type of play. So I'm really not going to say whether sugar babying is a form of sex work or not, and whether they should be calling themselves sex workers or not, because I am not a sugar baby. Fair. And same with strippers. That question, stripping, stripping is sex work, right? Well, I'm not a stripper, and nor have I ever um, danced, you know, er erotic danced. I mean, I've, I've done burlesque and I've taught lap dance classes, and those are you know, always fun. I've been to one. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Um, but kind of gray areas. Right. And the way you define the way you do your own work is up to that individual person. Right. So there are I'm sure there are strippers, there are dancers that call themselves sex workers. And I'm sure there are lots of providers, dancing providers that don't call themselves sex workers. And that's up to them. And that's not up, up to non strippers to put on them. Fair. Totally reasonable. I was once talking with a guy who told me that he wants to find a girl who can live in his apartment and she won't have to pay rent. But whenever he wants sex, she needs to provide sex. And I said, so I'm like, so, you, so you're going to be like a like a I don't know what the John, a pimp. I don't know what the term there is. I don't know. I said, you realize that you're asking her to engage in sex work. He's like, no, no, no. It's kind of more like a sugar baby. And I'm like, Okay, what happens What happens when she says, I'm not in the mood to have sex with you or I want to end the sexual nature of our relationship? He goes, well, then she has to leave. I'm like, so she couldn't just pay you rent? And he goes, no, that's not the arrangement. And I'm like, so that's sex work. Well, but also that that's kind of an interesting situation too because even if it was sex work, she could still say, hey, I'm not going to provide this, you know, for me if I'm a dom. Like, hey, I'm not in the mood to provide this scene right now, so I'm going to cancel this scene. Or I'm going to say, hey, this professional dynamic that we have in between each other is no longer working. So to say that 
sex workers, you know, you need to pay them and then you can do whatever you want to them. That's kind of not a great narrative to perpetuate because sex workers for sure can say, okay, this is ending later and have it still be called sex work. So I just want to say that before we move forward with that kind of narrative. After doing a lot of reading for this season and reading articles and reading a lot of things, the more I thought about that story he was telling me what he was looking for, I'm like, that is actually, that legally would be defined actually as coercion or trafficking. There you are. In terms of saying housing scarcity, right? Like providing someone a home and then making it seem like if they are not willing to provide or something happens, like you're going to kick them out. That actually is trafficking. Yeah, that's not sex work. Right. Sex work is consensual. That's not sex work. So when he was like, well, that's not sex work, I guess he was correct. He I was don't think kind he of realized... correct. That's the point I'm kind of getting at. You know what I mean? Like, right. he he didn't know that, but he didn't know he was right. <laughs> like in, in the right way. He genuinely didn't see what he was doing there as anything even associated with sex work or trafficking or prostitution or any of those three major terms. Like he didn't see that as a thing he was asking of someone. He just saw it as they're more like a sugar baby. And just it was such an interesting mentality for me to encounter just the idea that I will provide you a rent-free place to live in exchange for hang jobs, but that's not sex work. But I mean, there are a lot of marriages and relationships that exist in that way that aren't called sex work. That's true. Either. You know what I mean? Where the guy is like, hey, I'm putting food on the table. You've got to fuck me and you've got to be good in bed and like attend to all my sexual needs. I'm going to put food on the table. I'm going to put a roof over your head. Like that's a lot of relationships. That's interesting. Um, and I'm not saying... And that's toxic, a toxic relationship. Yeah, whether whether that's right or wrong. But, yeah. you know, those exist and those are not called sex work. Just putting that out there. A food for thought, you know. Honestly, that's why I wanted to have this discussion before we go into some of these other articles. It's not as simple as prostitute or not prostitute, sex worker or not sex worker. Certainly. Um, and from one thing that I've noticed, there is the legal definition and then there's the social definition. And social definitions are arbitrary and flexible. Definitely. Yeah. Like, for instance, my job, like I'm a dominatrix. There are a lot of doms that don't consider themselves sex workers either. And there are different ways to do domination, all the way from being like a full service dominatrix to completely non-sexual domination. However, even non-sexual domination, it's like, well, what is sex when you talk about kink? You know, is um, you gagging them in their mouth with your foot is that sex technically it's like it's not so easy to define and like you said social definitions people can be doing the exact same thing and identifying different ways right I mentioned last season that when I was in grade 10 I was offended that I had to take the literacy test because I was clearly literate and so there was a question like what do you want to be when you grow up and my response was when I grow up I want to be a dominatrix because you get to beat people up for money but you don't have to have sex with them like that was my perception of a dominatrix in the 10th grade Yes. And that's interesting, right? Because if we're going to bring up like the hierarchy, basically, there are all these many different types of sex work, like we mentioned, but there is discrimination within the sex work community, unfortunately, that exists. And if we're looking at like who's at the top of the pyramid or, you know, the the pole or the ladder, it's dominatrices uh, because they are seen as being separate from sex work, right? But they are still sex workers. So like dominatrix is at the top and on, at the bottom are full service sex workers, right? And there's a lot of different judgment that happens in between there, depending where you are. So that is definitely a thing that exists as well. That's interesting. I mean, I am 
I am not a sex worker. I just know sex workers and I did not know about that. I'm not going to say horror hierarchy. Hor- what, I don't know what you said, but that's so... Hierarchy. In- okay. That's so interesting to hear. Also, because I'm involved in the kink community as a latex designer, a lot of people, the kink, the fetish, the BDSM is part of their sexual identity. And so that already is about sex and sexuality. So whether or not you are doing PIV penetration or touching a penis, like it's still for these people, a sexual need that's being met. Yeah, but it's just kind of interesting. The value of the sex worker is dependent on whether they're having PIV or not. You know what I mean? Rooted in patriarchy right there. Yeah, that is a toxic masculinity thing, right? So it's not sex unless a penis is ejaculating inside of something warm and soft and wet and lubed up. Right. So like a dominatrix is like, you know, this kind of lofty kind of a thing, whereas full sex, full service sex workers are dirty. Um, thank you for letting me skirt the edge of offensive language just in order for us to have this conversation, because I know there are a lot of people who uh, who don't know the language and would keep saying things and don't necessarily know what full service sex worker is. So thank you for letting me yeah. skirt that boundary a little bit for the purpose of our conversation. No, of course. I'm definitely open to having the conversation. So I have a question for you before we go into a commercial break. Sure. This article mentions how people describe the activity of prostitution itself as violence against women. (laughs) As a consenting sex worker who perpetuates violence against lots of people. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Consensually. Consensually. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? I feel like that's just so insane. It's just so maddening how like non-sex workers are deciding what sex workers can and can't do. It's just like maddening, right? And not only that, it's like it's men deciding, like cis white men, old men (laughs) deciding like what women, not that all sex workers are women also um but what sex workers can and cannot do with their bodies it's like absolute maddening so like i wonder who said that i wonder who originally coined that phrase radical feminist actually but yeah yeah i'm gonna go out a limb and say either it's like a cis white old man or it's like a radical feminist yeah like a total swerf turf right there so to me that is just like it's eye roll That's my reaction to that. For our listeners who are not on our corners of the internet, Swerf is sex worker, exclusive radical feminist, and TERF is trans exclusive radical feminist, meaning their feminism doesn't include sex workers or trans women. Yep. Or trans people, but yes. Yeah, I always thought it was very interesting because no one looks at like women in nail salons who are working bent over and sometimes poor working conditions. They don't see that as violence against women, but their their working conditions are so much worse. Yeah, it's the thing of like this this idea of sex work is inherently degrading. And it's like, well, minimum wage jobs are inherently degrading too, but that doesn't mean that they're not valid jobs, that the jobs don't deserve to exist. Like, I mean, well, there's also another conversation there where I'm like, well, minimum wage needs to be raised, actually. So I don't want minimum wage jobs to exist. But that's like for different reasons. Right. Yeah. But it's like uh, why when it is linked to sex and specifically PIV sex or penis and vagina sex, do we um, say that that job is not valid and can exist without being inherently degrading? It's like, well, think about your job for a little bit and uh, whether you feel empowered in your job and whether that should 
be the factor of whether the job should exist or not, because somebody not doing that job thinks it's not empowering. And I think a lot of people also see if you're doing something because of money, that's coercion. If you're doing it because you're making more money as a sex worker, you're being coerced. But the truth is, like, no one would have a job if not for the fact that our entire capitalist system works on earning money. Yeah. So would you think that same idea to your your masseuse, like your RMT or to your doctor that has to examine you? Any any other like physical type type of jobs where you're touching each other. It's like people truly believe that a sex worker, if they had another option, would choose a different kind of work. I'm here to say that that's not true. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. And on that note, we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, it will be time for a listener question. Can't wait. This week's episode is sponsored by Wild Rose Handmade Soaps. Wild Rose has been making soaps, bath and body products for over 25 years. Their store is located in Brantford, Ontario, but most of their incredible products can be found on their website at wildrose.ca. That's W-Y-L-D-E-R-O-S-E dot C-A. What can you find at their website? You're going to find soap. You're going to find bath bombs. For those of you who are into some recreational fun, you're going to find bath salts. You can find laundry and dish soap, and you can find shaving soap, beard oils, and mustache wax. So it doesn't matter if you're a lady with a beard, a man with a beard, or anyone with a beard, you can find something for you and your body at this store. So go, once again, wildrose.ca. Okay, listener question time. Hi, Ray and Lady Pim. When someone lists themselves as a sex worker, does that mean prostitution only, or can it also mean porn star? Sincerely, a concerned citizen. <laughs> are you concerned? What are you concerned about? Who are you concerned for? Um... I, may or may be, I may or may not have made up their pseudonym <laughs> for them. Based off of a lot of other questions they asked as part of that main one, that they're I was like, none of these other ones are relevant. Are they? Yeah, they're con- they're concerned about what it means. <laughs> they're very concerned. Actually, fun fact: they had a few other questions, sort of about safety and like how do we make sure sex workers can work safely. But I know that like that that's just going to come up in general. So I Certainly. left it to this one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm concerned for this person. That's what I'll say. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, <laughs> legitimately. Um, okay, when somebody says they're a sex worker, does that mean prostitution or that's that was the question, right? Yeah. So yeah, sex worker. I mean, to me, being a sex worker and having access to lots of different sex workers that do lots of different things. If somebody's just like an adult content creator, which is the preferred term rather than porn star. <laughs> I mean, and again, uh, like people that do uh, that shoot pornography for sure can embrace the term porn star if that's up to them. But Again, that's kind of a little bit of a dated term as well. Just throwing that out there. But I think when people say, like, say if they're putting up an ad for their ser- their sex work services and they're saying, hey, I'm a sex worker, book me for sex work, even though that won't be exactly be a tweet. But usually they say I'm open for bookings. I'm open for bookings. Yeah. I've had people, I've seen people say I'm open for bookings a state to the state is what they say. Yeah. I mean, that does insinuate full service sex work, doesn't it? Because if it's right. I'm open for dates, yeah, that that does insinuate that it's like in-person sex work, in-person probably assumed to be full service sex work. That's not a hard and fast rule. If you are truly curious, like you're looking, say you're on Twitter and you're checking out one of your favorite sex workers and you're seeing a post like that and it's unclear to you, just shoot off a polite, concise email asking to clarify. What kind of services do you provide? Exactly. Like, and most people have a copy and paste thing on their phone that it's not a lot of emotional labor for them to just copy and paste their price list, for instance, you know what I mean, or service list. You know, you can always like attach a tribute to that 
It's even better. A tribute means money. Yeah, put a $25 tribute on that if it's going to take them, if you're asking a question that requires them to sit down for 10 minutes and compose an email back to you. And always just look at their bio to to see how they would wish to be contacted to before you do this. So if you, you see a tweet, for instance, you're unclear, their bio, be like, okay, they want all inquiries directed to their email. Email them, make it short and sweet, and give a small tribute as well. So in this case, you're saying um, adult content creator would be what a porn star, quote unquote, would maybe call themselves, not sex worker. They might. Yeah, they might also say or they sex might also, work. Or there might be crossover. Yeah, they might be crossover. They might do both. Also, you can look in their pinned tweet as well just to be like, oh, OK, they'll probably uh, break it down even more in their pinned tweet, their exact services. So that's even a thing you can do before emailing them. Do some a little bit of research first. Yeah, I feel like adult content creator also is a lot more encompassing of like amateur porn, OnlyFans porn. Yeah. I hear porn star and I think of like the big name that you're going to see at the porn convention who's signing autographs for a fee and you wish you could fuck them and you're never going to touch them. And they're like very much like objectified as a porn star. Like I feel like that's all the associations versus adult content creator also seems like it just is a lot more well-rounded. Well, I, I mean, that's what that part of the sex work industry looks like today. That's why porn star is a little dated because porn star is from the days where there were big porn sets and there were, you know, a handful of like celebrity porn stars doing the thing. Not that there are celebrity porn stars doing the, their thing now, but what that industry has morphed into now is that people are shooting from home. People are shooting with their partners. People are shooting solo content on their phone. Like that's what it looks like now. So that's why I say like, what makes more sense to like content creators is saying they're adult content creators because porn star is, you know, from another era where you could only make porn like in a studio with a director and with a like, that's not the reality of making pornographic content today at all. Yeah. So, okay, I have a question for you. I'd love your opinion on this. I have recently, uh, as we both know, I have an OnlyFans and I list my services on my OnlyFans. And my services are things like I will occasionally post my TikToks that are sex ed related to my OnlyFans because like not everyone has TikTok or wants it. Cool. So some sex ed stuff. Cool. I do a lot of yoga and I'll like basically post the leftovers from my shoots for, for Instagram to my OnlyFans. But I'll also do dick ratings and I also do dick art. Like yeah. it's part of it. Like I list those kinds of services. Yeah. And then I will occasionally have someone message me and go, hello, do you send videos of your butthole? And all I could think was like, what my, like I found out, like I had a, a few people review it. They're like, your bio is pretty clear. Yep. So like when someone lists their services, I feel like also someone will come to me as a latex designer. Like my Instagram, uh, I, when men say, do you do men's clothing? My answer is always, yes, I only do custom. Mm -hmm. But then someone will come to me and be like, hello, can you make me these and send me um, a picture of like dipped latex gloves, which are a completely different technique than what I work in, which is sheet latex. And I get people don't understand how things are constructed, but they will literally send me an item that is not anywhere on my collections on my website, anywhere on my Instagram. <laughs> like it's literally nothing like anything I've ever made before and then go, can you do this for me? And I'll give them a price point. That is what I would be willing to do in order to make it for them. And then I send them an Etsy link for a $20 pair. <laughs> um, I'm like, so you can pay me 400 or you could just or, click on this Etsy link. I love that. I don't even give those inquiries that much time. <laughs> okay. So I'm just being too nice, but no, but what do you, do you have people reaching out to you saying, yes. hello here? I've noticed yes. here, these are your services. Yes. Do you show me your butthole? Okay. Yes. Good. So it's not just me. Good no, to know. no, it's not. It's spam. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's spam. Fantastic. 
And all you have to do is uh, put it in the spam folder. Fantastic. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> all right. So I think that's probably it for today. Thank you for listening. Lady Pim, where can people contact or follow you? Certainly on Twitter, where I'm most active, I'm at the Lady Pim one. If you must go on Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim. And we mentioned my podcast. So I am the Bedpost Podcast on any favorite podcasting application. Wonderful. You can follow this podcast at Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram, and maybe soon enough Twitter. We'll see. And submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. Also, I accept your DMs if you want to DM me a question. Follow Do me not at DM Life me. <laughs> Do not DM Don't DM Lady me. Kim. Yeah. Do not DM me. <laughs> follow me at wife bay ray on instagram and tiktok razor latex on instagram OnlyFans, and patreon this podcast is engineered and produced by dave meisner is host and is hosted at sexnewswithray.com the theme music is by blank and brilliant a special thank you to blue microphones and photography for our logo is by dolly shots photography see you next week bye